Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Austin Lloyd, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's interview features a crossover episode of Housing Wire's Housing News podcast. In this episode, Housing Wire editor-in-chief Sarah Wheeler interviews Michael Franco, the chief executive officer at Citus AMC, about the company's growth trajectory and what he believes has been the most impactful changes for the mortgage industry in 2021. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. TMS helps grow happiness for your customers, allowing you to do what you do best, continuing to build a business with raving fans. We believe that a happy customer is a referral and a customer for life. TMS is committed to building your brand through subservicing. Learn more today at subservicing.themoneysource.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire, with the latest episode of our Housing News Podcast. Our guest today, Michael Franco, who's the CEO of Citus AMC. Michael previously served as the CEO of American Mortgage Consultants, where he oversaw the expansion of the AMC business to become the largest provider of due diligence and consulting services to the residential secondary market. Additionally, he was instrumental in the merger of Citus and AMC. Michael has also worked as a managing director at Five Mile Capital Partners, a real estate-oriented private equity fund manager, and at General Electric. Michael, welcome to Housing News. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me here. It's great to uh, join you here at Housing Wire. Yeah, we're excited to, to have this conversation. So the first question I always want to ask, because people get into this industry in different ways, is you know, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the mortgage industry. Absolutely. So you covered it so well, uh, kind of in that introduction, but... You know, I really uh, came into the industry through Five Mile Capital. So I was with uh, Five Mile, which was a real estate oriented, uh, you know, uh, private equity fund. They actually really focused on commercial real estate, but ended up making the purchase of American Mortgage Consultants at the end of 2018. Uh, it was an asset purchase. So we opened up as a new co in January of 2019. I was kind of tangentially involved with the deal. Um, and the the premise was really Five Mile was looking to deploy capital into reperforming assets at the time, and they figured it'd be really helpful to have a due diligence firm to help them understand the assets that they were buying. Um, fast forward, and in 2011, uh, they had deployed the capital that they had wanted to into the space, and you know now they they kind of turned to me and they said, "Look, you've been the internal liaison." between uh, Five Mile Partners and, and the company. We'd like you to come on as the acting CEO and work with the existing management team and build out you know, the platform. So I joined at that time and really worked with the existing management team to build you know, the company uh, from that point forward and joined as the full-time CEO in 2013. Very interesting. You know, one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation today is because Citus AMC has been on a massive growth trajectory. You know, you guys have just done so much. So where is the firm focused as it continues to grow? We've definitely, uh, you know, been pretty busy, especially since uh, 2011, I believe. And when I joined it, we had 
maybe 20 full-time employees or, or something, you know, thereabouts. Uh, today, you know, total rosters are going to be rounding up to about 8,000 employees. Uh, so yeah, quite a bit of growth during that period of time. Uh, you know, look, it, it's been done organically and inorganically. We have had a bunch of, uh, you know, acquisitions that we've done, but we've also been able to be very fortunate to grow the business significantly organically. So a couple of things on that, you know, we're always focused on how we could best serve our clients throughout the industries that we we cover in either commercial real estate or, you know, residential real estate. And our goal is always to make the product the superstar of the business. You know, if you could do that, then people want to work with you because you're adding value to their, their business. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that means doing more for your clients, being able to go deeper, solve the problems that they see and really be solutions oriented. Um, you know, to do that, as I mentioned, we have done a number of acquisitions. I think we've done about 15 acquisitions in the last two years. Uh, those have really focused on adding technology that fits our strategic plan, rounding out existing service offerings, or getting more depth you know, in existing markets. In addition to that, we focused on really driving some uh, initiatives internally. We're pivoting away from just being known as being a, a secondary market due diligence firm and really broadening the capabilities here. So yeah, we're still focused on meeting the demands for private label securitization and due diligence volume, but we've also been focused on building out and bringing awareness to our fulfillment, processing, and underwriting capabilities. And we also have a really wide technology solution suite here. Uh, some of that has been built in-house. Some of that has been acquired over the years, and we want to make sure that people in the market understand you know, that part as well. So on that technology side, the big thing that people, you know, would know about is, you know, we bought compliances last year, but we actually also own the systems of record for the custodial and warehouse, you know, industry, uh, about 85% of all custodial records go through our systems, about 75% of all warehouse financing, you know, goes through our system, about 3 trillion finance last year, you know, through those technologies. Uh, we also have uh, a technology that, that, does loan accounting and master uh, master servicing. Uh, that technology is going to be building up towards, geez, I, I think we're going to be close to seven and a half, eight, eight million loans on that system. Uh, you know, by the end of uh, 2022, with some existing clients that are, you know, onboarding. And then we have a whole host of underwriting efficiency technologies that we've largely built internally between document classification, data extraction, automated underwriting systems. You know, and the like. So we've been very busy, and you know, when you're growing a firm from 20 people to 8,000 people, you're, you you have to be involved in a lot of different areas in order to fulfill that type of uh, growth trajectory. Well, and I, you know, 15 different companies in in two years. How do you do that and and keep your core um, culture? How do you bring those in and make sure that you know you guys are all working on the same page? I mean, tell me a little bit about about you as a CEO, what that looks like. Yeah, look, that's uh, certainly a, a very timely question, especially today, as a lot of people are working, you know, remote. It's becoming a bigger part of you know the overall environment. We've worked remotely here at uh, Citus AMC at a number of our businesses for uh, you know several years. I mean, that's just kind of the way that the business has been set up. So the challenges around training people remotely, you know, bringing a sense of culture and teamwork. To a remote environment are not necessarily anything you know new, and I think for residential underwriters, certainly remote work has been something that's been a, a common theme for 
you know, a number of, uh, of years, but it is more challenging when you're doing acquisitions, you're bringing in people into, you know, the culture. Uh, I think one of the keys is just being open and honest with people. Uh, we try to have meeting meetings with the team members who are joining up front, lay out what, who side of SAMC is, what to expect, uh, in the employment, you know, and most importantly, it's the golden rule: treat people like you would want to be treated, right? So, if you do that, and you're a good employer, uh, and people see that you're constantly trying to make strides to be better as an employer, then I think that brings you know a sense of loyalty, you know, to the organization, and makes it easy for people to integrate in, you know, with the uh, with the company. It's so interesting the the companies that uh, for whatever reason were already fairly remote before you know 2020. And just seeing how they were able to grow through that. Of course, a lot of companies did a great job, um, you know, making that transition. But having already had that experience, I mean, we see a lot of the fastest growing companies over the last two years were already set up really well to do that. Yeah, it was definitely a, a key, you know, um, for us was being able to move quickly in that environment. We were also, we, we were pretty fortunate, uh, you know, kind of as COVID really started shutting down things. We uh, we actually had a board meeting, kind of two weeks before uh, you started seeing the massive shutdowns on the you know the East Coast, and and we flagged this as an issue, and you know we did things like get ahead of the procurement cycle for laptops, um, and you know sent people home with the right equipment. So we we were well positioned kind of around the the globe, and that really was a great thing for us because when a lot of companies had issues. Uh, you know, we had the ability to to service our clients. So interesting. You know, uh, it's been a wild year for the mortgage industry. Uh, what do you believe have been some of the most impactful changes uh, in in twenty twenty one? And and man, you've got just a host to choose from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly has been a uh, a big year for change. So uh, you know, do you start with the GSEs and the change in FHFA chairman? You know, Calabria to Thompson certainly pretty huge. You know, change the non-owner occupied caps, uh, the safe harbor QM. You know, changes the CFPB changes. Uh, you know, in leadership and regulatory stances. I mean, all of these are just you know massive. Um, I think though that the number one thing is really the change in profitability. That to me is what it all boils down to. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's concerned with how do how do all these things really impact what my bottom line is. You know, if your bottom line is healthy because you've got really wide margins, you, you don't really care if you know there's different permutations in the industry as to how things are being treated. Like there are things to adjust to, but it could fit within your economic model. I think what people are most concerned about today is. Hey, what is this going to look like here? You know, moving forward on a profitability standpoint, I think the MBA just came out saying that two Q, you know, production, the average pre-tax uh, profit fell to seventy-three basis points, down from one hundred and twenty-four basis points in the first quarter, one hundred and sixty-seven basis points in a year-over-year period. That's down fifty-six percent. Uh, look, the long-term average is forty-seven basis points, so we're still above that, you know, level, but. You also have people preparing for, are we going to fall in line with that? Or are we going below that? Uh, and even Moody's yesterday or uh, this week was out kind of with a report 
flagging that gain on sale margins are are likely coming in and you know they see profitability shrinking to where it was in 2018 where you know one third of non-bank mortgage originators were unprofitable you know in their estimate and a number of those companies are of course public now right so you've had a, a number of those companies go public so i think that that is probably the most impactful change you know here is really the change in the profitability of underlying originations to hear the full interview, head over to the Housing News Podcast, which is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. On September 27th and 28th at the Omni Hotel in Frisco, Texas, Housing Wire will host its second annual event, which will be in person for the first time. Housing Wire Annual offers each guest the opportunity to gather with top industry professionals for exclusive content, technology demonstrations, and unbeatable networking. Find out more by going to the events tab on the Housing Wire site. You won't want to miss out on this event, so register by September 20th. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great weekend. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk each and every day. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. We'll see you back here on Monday.